For more than a century, the Green Bay Packers have been a benchmark for football excellence. Thousands of players have helped pave the way, and we're here to tell you their stories. I'm Wayne Larrabee. This is the Packers Alumni Spotlight. Offensive guard Ron Hallstrom was the Packers' first-round draft choice out of Iowa in 1982. His 11-year career in Green Bay spanned four coaching staffs and the revitalization of a historic franchise. Well, my, my lasting impression is when people ask me, you know, when I played, I said I played in that era when we didn't win a lot. But I got a chance to feel it right at the end of my career here. But uh, I just tell people that's my Super Bowl. I made it through five head coaches, four here and then one, one in Philadelphia. It was interesting. You know, the league was changing. Everything was changing then. You know, and we were just a, we were probably a couple steps behind until we got into the 90s. You know, and things started changing and, and coaching-wise, what we were doing coaching-wise. And uh, it, it's, it's tough because I wanted to keep playing and going, but, you know, you get to a point in your career where it's over. But uh, I could feel what was going to happen here. So it was, it, was, uh, it was good to, you know, it was good to be part of it. I'll never deny that. I don't care win-loss, whatever. Packer fans are the best. The community, you know, the involvement in how they treat their players. Second to none. Hallstrom played on some of the Packers' most talented offensive teams in the early 80s, featuring quarterback Lynn Dickey, Hall of Fame wide receiver James Lofton, tight end Paul Kaufman, and running back Eddie Lee Ivory. Offensively, I thought that we could score on anybody. You know, we had Lynn Dickey. Lynn, Lynn could just air the ball out. Couldn't move that well, you know, I mean, and, you know, he had some injury issues, but we could score points, you know, we could, uh, it was, it was, it was fun to be part of it and watch it happen. Um, but we were always chasing, you know, trying to, trying to score more points, you know, and the defense hadn't caught up with what the offense was doing. Um, but then you go back to, you know, the coaching changes every, every time a new coach came in, everybody was gone, mm -hmm. you know, and it started all over, all new players. I tell people I probably played with two or three thousand different guys since I've been here. So, um, but uh, you know, it was always uh, you know we had some we had some super great talent. You know, you look at James Lofton, you know Eddie Lee, you know just the guys that the guys that we could run the ball, we could pass the ball. Paul Kaufman, I always tell people they said what Paul Kaufman type. I said he was the first George Kittle. If you look at him, that guy could do anything. He was a wasn't a huge tight end. wasn't a what well, he was, but he was a big wide receiver. So he did everything George did. Of course, he feels it today. But uh, you know, it was just great times. Great times for me in the career that I had. You know, um, but uh, I wish we would have won a little more. There seemed to be a certain bond with that group. I've gotten to know several of the players from your era, that 82-83 team. Jan Stenerud was on that team. You mentioned Lynn Dickey and, and so many other players. Larry McCarron, part of that team. Um, take me back to those days at training camp. Oh, you're working under Bart Starr. you got two-a-day practices. You're staying out at St. Norbert's, and you're going to Nicky's to have dinner, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I look at it today and what the guys do today and what we did. And, you know, I, you know, you think of Bart Starr, who loved the man, but all I can think of his up-downs when it comes to Bart Starr. You know, and then when Forrest got here, he had to magnify it, you know. But, uh, you know, we did the old school type of training, you know. And the league was changing then. The players were changing. The league was changing. 
and some of the stuff, you know, the hazing and the things that they did, that was kind of going out of the league at that time. I think because we were in that transition between, you know, a lot of the guys, uh, I, I really liked that era just because of the closeness everyone had. Um, but as we, uh, as it got later in the career, people started to spread out a little more. Sure. And didn't have that, uh, you know, I don't know, that closeness. 11 years is a long time to play in the NFL. A lot of stuff happens, like two strikes, including the 1982 work stoppage that punctuated a rare playoff season for the Packers of that era. The Packers actually played the last game before the strike that year in the Meadowlands against the Giants. And perhaps as a portent of dark times ahead, there was a blackout that night. We're delayed, what, two hours or an hour? We had to wait. You know, we knew we were going on strike. We're on East Coast time, Monday night game. And I'm like, oh man, can't we just, can't we just end it now? <laughs> you know, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember I think James had a great, uh, a big play in that game, big pass or a big reverse or something like that. I remember he had a huge, huge play in that game. Then all of a sudden lights went out. And it was like, it, it was like it was over. It was like uh, proficient that that's what was going to happen. The lights are going out, you know. What was the plane light ride back to Green Bay like? Well, there was a lot of, a lot of indecision at that time. We, you know, we didn't know where we were going or what we were doing. But, but again, you know, you talk about the closeness of, the, of the, the team back then. We had our own practices out at St. Norbert's. We all studied together. We met, you know, met together. Um, all the things I think you weren't supposed to do back then, but we did it. Did that help you when you came back? Because and, and, you made a playoff run. I mean, you had qualified for the quote-unquote tournament and yeah. won an emotional playoff game here in Green Bay. I think the first playoff game since the Ice Bowl in Green Bay that year over the Cardinals. Talk a little bit about that. You know, it was it, it was strange coming back because, you know, we, you know, eight games. Yeah. You know, we didn't play eight games. You know, that was a long time. You know, we did our best to stay in shape. So I think it was, uh, you could tell who, who who stayed together during the strike and who didn't, you know, with the teams. You know, we kind of had that, uh, we, we had a chance to, to do something. And I think because we stayed together, it gave us that opportunity. And, uh, you know, we came out firing on all cylinders, you know, and it was great, like you said, to have, you know, one of the first playoff games, you know, since Lombardi era, I believe it was, you know, at that time. Yeah. So it was fun. Um, I remember Ernie McMillan was the offensive line coach and we were playing the Cardinals and that's where Ernie did his, you know, and Ernie always had great speeches. He didn't care where he played. He just wanted us to beat him. So... <laughs> Let me, the build up to the next season, the 83 season, you guys are supposed to be one of the better teams in the league. And it was a struggle. You were winning one, losing one. You yeah. played five overtime games. My God, yeah. five overtime yeah. games. That 83 season came down to a field goal in Chicago that kind of changed the course of everything. Tell me about that. Well, like you say, we were scoring. You know, I mean, that Monday night game against the Giants, you know, or uh, Washington, you know, you look at that game, you know, and how that game went, you know, I mean, it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and, and missed field goal by them. We get a last opportunity. That's kind of how our season was that year. You know, it was just always last second opportunity. Defense was doing enough, but we were struggling a little bit defensively. Everyone thought we were going to do it that year, you know, and it just, it didn't happen. 
you know, and then, you know, and then you look at 84, you know, uh, uh, Forrest coming in, you know, we, we had a couple good teams there, but they, you know, I think we went seven and one, or uh, one and seven, and then ended up seven and one second half of the season. You know, I mean, we struggled for, you know, we still had talent on the team then. That was the nice thing, you know, that first couple of years, you know, after Bart left. Um, but then everything got cleaned down and it was, uh, you know, what they called just a redo, you know. Bart once said that um, one of the worst decisions of his career was becoming the head coach of the Packers because he had really no head, no coaching experience. Yes. But by 1983, and I remember the people in Chicago, Mike Ditka specifically telling me, Bart Starr had become a very good coach by then. Um, what was it like when you guys lost that game in Chicago on the field goal? Had you won that game, you're in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. There's no Forrest Greg era. D did you understand the gravity of what had happened on the way back to Green Bay? I think we all did, but there was there was that underlying that you know uh, uh, background noise that Bart had been here too long, you know uh, that he had he had been coaching here too long, so it was a do or die, you know, and that kind of got to the players, you know. Of course, everyone loved Bart. So it didn't, it didn't matter. You know, we just, we just wanted what was, you know, what, what was great for Bart. Um, but there was that feeling, you know, that we kind of knew if this doesn't happen, you know, it's probably going to go the other way. Um, very somber on the plane, you know, because we knew that we didn't know what was going to happen the next day. And the possibilities were enormous either way. Forrest Gregg replaced Bart Starr as head coach in 1984. Lindy Infante would follow him, and the team of the 80s eventually moved on. Then in the early 90s, things started changing for the better in Green Bay. Bob Harlan takes over, Ron Wolf comes in, Mike Holmgren comes in. What was different? Because you were this was historic now, in the context of the history of this franchise, that was a historic moment. You were a part of it. What did you, from a player standpoint, notice that was different with this new regime, and did, could you foresee that the renaissance was beginning? Yes, you know, I, I, I look at it like this, and it's, and it's no knock on, you know, it's just the league was changing, things were changing. We were getting out of the Lombardi era. You know, we were getting out of that mentality that we had here for so long, you know, and, and you know, don't get me wrong, that was phenomenal history, but the game was changing, the league was changing, and we were catching up. You know, it started with the administration, you know, with Bob coming in. You know, Bob, I don't know what the connection or the feelings between Forrest and Bob were, but uh, I know once, you know, uh, or Lindy, once once uh, uh, Lindy was out of here and Bob was in there, um, uh, everything kind of just changed. The whole attitude changed. Everything changed. You know, Mike brought a lot of that with him, though. You know, I mean, when you get a, uh, a coach of his caliber, in his talent that comes in here and you can see the success that he had you know and it was kind of like the players were thinking man that's what we need we haven't had this you know we haven't had this offense we haven't had this type of defense you know this is what we need here you know and and you know with ron uh just changing the attitude of the whole organization and you could feel it as a groundswell you could feel it just you know from the first day mike got here Today, Ron enjoys the Packers the way most fans do, from the stands with family and friends. Just being able to survive the four head coaches for one thing, but uh, my two beautiful children were born here. Um, they're both cheeseheads. You know, they were born at Bellant, so, uh, and they still live in the state. So, 
you know, that memory of just family and the Packers and and uh, being part of this whole this whole crazy Packer world. You know, it's hard to really pinpoint any one thing. Um, I still come back for the games. You know, I've had a box here since 1989. Um, I, I, I got a house in the South End Zone, so uh, we do our Packer weekends. I'm retired now, finally, and uh, I can make long weekends a good time. So uh, the memories are still happening. You know, that's the best. And I'm turning it over, you know, showing my kids and friends and family and everything uh, what it's like to hang out at a, at, you know, at a Packer game. Thank you.